0: Well, I just wanted to take the opportunity to express how important CPR is. We saw it last night as someone who's done CPR countless times in every situation, whether it's in somebody's home, in a hospital, even in a jail cell, uh, I've performed CPR. It's always tragic. It's always hard to watch. It's always hard to be a part of it. The only thing that gets you through it is knowing how to perform CPR. And if there's any lesson to be taken from last night is learn CPR. Four out of five codes or cardiac arrest happen outside of a hospital. We as a community need to take this opportunity to learn
2: it. And not only that, learn, you know, where to perform it as well. Uh, one of the stories of, uh, you know, when Michael Jackson was going through cardiac arrest, they were trying to do CPR on the bed, and it did not, uh, well, who would have known if they he could have been saved regardless, but you have to do it on a hard surface. There's a whole, the, the other thing too, Roger, if you can get into, you know, It's one thing for everyone around you to be traumatized and horrified. But the person that is performing the life-saving procedure, they've got to be cool, collected, and and with it. And And the way that you can do that isn't by being a mutant, not having any empathy, not being superhuman. It's by being trained and competent. And once you're competent and trained and confident in your task, you perform your task, let everyone else live in the moment and be scared you're you're the difference between life and death and and you you are confident in what your skill set is and you just perform it
0: exactly and that's why we go through the training and that's why the training set up by whether it's american heart or red cross is set up the way it is to provide training to give you the confidence and the skills you need to be able to perform in those tragic events in that time of need so critical for that patient. You Roger are tell
2: their me their heart. T- tell me something. I don't know when it was, maybe 10 years ago, but there was a white paper that came out and basically said we've been doing CPR wrong for 20 years. <laughs> and we we need to change it and what we're doing is we're we're trying to add oxygen. We're trying to breathe in between uh, heart palpitations, between trying to move the heart and keep the heart beating. We're wasting time by trying to put air into the lungs. And some they, uh, you guys got together in a big conference, uh, global, because this happened across the world, happened in the military, happened everywhere, where they said, hey, don't worry about the air. Just keep the heart going. The most important thing is to keep the heart and the blood pumping. Uh, when did that happen, and, and what was the science behind that? So,
0: organizations like the American Heart Association and the uh, International Cardiac Association, they meet and they come up with surveys and studies and research and they change how professionals do CPR pretty much every five years or they refine it. I wouldn't say they change it, they're always finding what saves more lives and they're using why one area is getting better success than the other and they found out, in fact (laughs) You, you, I actually chuckled when you mentioned this. My first CPR class as a young person, they were teaching us if you aren't getting vomit in your mouth, you're not doing CPR correctly because you're not breathing hard enough. Well, we went from thinking that blowing oxygen in somebody's lungs was going to save a life to realizing pumping the blood is what's gonna save a life. There's enough oxygen in that blood on that last breath they took to save that patient for several minutes. Just pump the oxygen to their brain and their heart. Keep them alive. We can get oxygen when you're dead there's only two things and and unfortunately i don't mean to be blunt but when someone's in cardiac arrest they have no heart rate and they are not breathing by definition they are clinically dead that doesn't mean we gave up on them it means they're clinically dead there's only two things a dead person needs to bring them back high quality chest compressions and early access to defibrillation or aeds those are the only two things not all the fancy drugs not all the fancy other thing else is directly going to bring someone back. They help. They don't take someone who is dead and give them a pulse again. You need to know how to do CPR, and you need to have early access to AEDs. I mean, that would be and, and uh, without without those And
2: without those two things, I think it's safe to say that Tamar Hamlin isn't here uh, today.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Every minute you go without CPR,
2: you lose 10% chance of
0: survival. And you only Crazy. have a 50% chance of survival when someone goes into cardiac arrest.
2: And, and so can I just long. say, though, it, the, the the reason why the training and the confidence and the competency are so important is that that decision to go to an AED or CPR is not a decision. I mean, look, there are, there's uh, when you're doing chest compressions, depending on your adrenaline or the situation or uh, there's uh, damage that can be done you know, to a person uh, with consistent CPR chest compressions. You could hurt someone if you don't know what you could hurt yourself with the AED paddles if you don't know what you're doing. But the idea that you have to be able to make that decision, it's not enough to say, I know it, I, I have the training, I, "I know." but a person that knows, has the training, but also can diagnose this is what's needed. That takes a tremendous amount of pressure to make that decision because once you make that decision you're all in and you know when you see it from the outside people could say is he breathing does he have a heart rate what's going on but the moment you start seeing cpr done and you see the paddles come out everyone now knows that their worst fears have been realized this is really happening and we put all of our faith and our confidence in that person that's administering those life-saving skills but for everyone watching it they're now thinking this is this is really traumatic. It's a person is lifeless. They're reacting to the chest compressions. You can understand why, you know, when the bills are or, or anyone else at home is watching this, they're thinking this is the end. It, it's a very traumatic experience for an outsider to witness.
0: Not just an outsider. This that emotion is felt even in the hospitals. I can't tell you how many times I've had tears running down my face while doing compressions on somebody. It's not always an easy thing to deal with. I think the thing that elevated everyone's emotion last night is that we put athletes on a pedestal of being superheroes, right? There are real reality life superheroes. They can't get hurt. They are a, they're a superhuman because they're athletes that can do things that we can't. And it was really shocking for us to see that. I know – watching the reaction of Bills players had a tremendous effect on me and this is something to also play on it's not just how to save more lives with cpr but the mental health of those people that perform cpr on a regular basis keeping them in a position where they can go back and do it again and again the other thing you mentioned about having you know knowing when to do it how to do it healthcare workers train constantly on how to do it but a layperson. You know, the average person walking down the street that does cpr does have some advantages to them when they call 911 that dispatcher knows how to help them remind them of the training they learned and what to do and how to do it they will literally stay on the phone with them and tell them where to put their hands how to check to see if cpr is needed and the great thing about aeds they're called automatic external defibrillators because they automate what has to be done they literally have speakers and will tell you step by step what to do and they will not shock somebody unless they need to be shocked. It won't let you. If you're using a layperson AED or even one that the professionals use, if it's in automatic mode, you cannot hurt somebody with the AED because it will not let you.
2: Oh, in automated mode it, it, it does. So the old school ones were the ones that uh uh, people would would zap themselves. You don't
0: even with. use those in the hospital. There's no more holding the paddles down. We use stickers in the hospital. And yes, we have the ability in the hospital to manually override. But those AEDs actually interpret what's going on with the heart. And what we see mm. in the TVs and movies where they they literally pull the wires out of the wall and they shock somebody, that that does not that's not how it works. When right. you're defibrillating somebody, you're not jump starting their heart. That's not how it works. You're actually turning it off temporarily, or you're turning off the electrical part of the heart and allowing Mm. it to reboot. When you defibrillate somebody, it's the same thing you do to your cell phone or your computer. When they act up, what do you do? You reboot them. Well, defibrillation, or the use of an AED, is exactly that. We're rebooting the heart, allowing it to get into a correct electrical activity
2: that sustains life. And, Roger, we'll, we'll even defibrillate people that just have an irregular heartbeat, and that gets them back on a regular heartbeat, right?
0: Right. There are people that have abnormalities with their heart that we might do to a conscious person where we fix them, you know, ablations right. and things like that, where cardiologists get involved to, to fix that, so that way we're keeping that blood flow. That's the key thing is keeping that oxygen-rich blood, feeding the heart, feeding the brain, and then all the other uh, adjunct organs that sustain life.
2: In the army they gave us a rucksack with a box that looked like it came from MASH and everyone was getting zapped <laughs> by it. So it's evidently not the modern one. So I, I'm glad glad to know no, that we have no, better tech not out at there. All. Good to know. No. Hey Roger, God bless you, man. Thank you for not only taking the time to call in, but thank you for, for trying to take this, you know trauma of watching this whole thing unfold and spinning it towards how we can help more people. I I think that speaks volumes about you and I appreciate you doing what you do every day and uh, training people to also be helpers like yourself. Thank you.